Ah, good morning, good morning. Hope everybody had a tremendous weekend. Welcome in. This is the Plank Show. I am Josh Elmer. Good morning. Alongside Connor Pasby, right here, the home of Sooner fans. What a weekend. What a weekend for OU. The Oklahoma Sooners, if you missed it, they flipped the commitment for one former Stanford offensive tackle, transfer offensive tackle, Walter Rouse, rhymes with house, which, oh, by the way, is a fitting little fitting little nursery rhyme for an offensive tackle. The Oklahoma men survive, survive, 77-76, did not make a field goal, I don't believe, in the final 6-15. But just enough, just enough to get to the finish line. The uh, Oklahoma women, number 16 Oklahoma women, rally back, beat Kansas 80-74. to The uh, Oklahoma wrestling team, nice little weekend, couple of wins over in the Virginia duels over Ohio and Navy. So all things considered, terrific little Sooner weekend. Again, good morning, everyone. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby. Before we dive headfirst into the Walter Rouse news, this was the first experience, was it not, Connor, for you at the bowling extravaganza? Yeah, it was. Uh, Yeah, great night, Uh, great party at Heyday. Thank you to the Vineyards for that event uh, Friday night. That was a a bunch of fun. It was a good time. It's always kind of... It's always kind of cool to see everybody's competitive juices get going. You saw that for sure. Pierce, man, it uh, it was proven true. He was a definite, valuable addition and pickup for one Team TJ. Team TJ was, how you say, dominant. What a dominant performance. They Yes, they won by quite a... Uh, Quite a, or quite a lot versus the other three teams. We placed, uh, I think my or Toby's team. I was on Toby's team. We placed third. Had some decent bowlers on the team, but TJ's team was just loaded with talent, and it wasn't even close. TJ at OU photo guy, which we all know, Mark is Mark Desher. He he went off. Pierce was awesome. Who else was on that team? Um, Somebody else that was pretty good. At any rate, what a fun Friday Friday night. Thank you to Casey and Brian Vineyard for putting that together. That uh, is a little bit of a grand undertaking. And, you know, no small feat to have, you know, some, some prizes and giveaways and fun stuff and, and the like. And obviously, thank you to the Heyday crew as well for entertaining all of us, it's uh, a wild crew, right? Uh, I, you know, I say that. I think we're probably not too difficult to deal with. But all the same, it is a, a large company party strolling through the heyday doors. So thank you to Heyday as well. And, and it led to a great Saturday for basketball and then leading up to the playoffs, which a bunch of great NFL playoff games. That was Saturday. Yeah, I didn't even mention the NFL games. Uh, crazy weekend. We, we can talk about the uh, National Football League. I'm looking at the highlights here on Get Up. I understand. Dangerous game to have Get Up and SportsCenter and First Take and these things. <laughs> these programming pieces of television on. But all the same, watching the uh, 
table here talk about the Giants victory over the Vikings. Vikings, man, play with fire all season long with the one score wins and lo and behold, you get into the postseason and it's a one score loss. The uh the Sooners. Huge weekend for Oklahoma football. We we left the airwaves on Friday, or at least we did on the Plank Show, Connor, under the impression, the understanding that, well, you, you made a run at, you had the offer out, extended to one Walter Rouse, but instead of choosing Oklahoma, where, oh, by the way, there's some legitimate need for the Sooners at offensive tackle, Connor, Walter Rouse, and I'll, I'll pull the story up as we progress through the show and the broadcast this morning, but the uh, commitment announcement for Rouse, one of the things that he talked about, Connor, the big reason that he picked Nebraska and picked Matt Rule and company, when he took his visit to Lincoln, and and if there's any coaches out there listening right now that want to anonymously text into the Air Comfort Solutions text line would be greatly appreciated, 405-651-3439. I'm guessing, or Teddy, Teddy, if you're listening, you'd be a good resource, I'm sure, on this as well. I'm guessing the – I'm guessing this would typify maybe a lot of recruiting visits, but Walter Rouse in the Nebraska visit talked about how he he got on campus and first and foremost he was blown away with just the city of Lincoln and it not just being – a bunch of cornfields, I think, was the quote from him. But then beyond that, they they had a basically a big highlight reel that they had put together of his plays at Stanford, essentially his pros and cons for his future NFL draft hopes. And that was a big piece of the puzzle that sold him on Nebraska. Lo and behold, we get to this past weekend, and... I, I don't know what your reaction was to this, Connor, but just the announcement that Walter Rouse put out, some of the verbiage that he used, to me it read like, no doubt, the closer came in for Oklahoma, and the closer would be head football coach Brent Venables. There was a Team 129 reference in said statement. So And then, you know, mentioning – Talking about his faith, I thought uh, felt like it had some oh, of the cool, yeah. So well, it, it was cool, and I thought it had some of the imprints of again, Coach Venables. So where does this Walter Rouse flip stand in just the overall? It's been a quite a transfer portal haul for Oklahoma football. Where does this fit for you, Connor? Well, it's a big get. I mean, he ranks up there. Uh, a decent number in the transfer portal uh, rankings with the other guys, but it's it's a big get. I mean, an offensive lineman, uh, big body, six six, three hundred pounds, that uh, has a lot of experience. And so, give credit for Venables to get that late flip. It looked like he was going to go to Nebraska, but Oklahoma gets him, and that's where that's where they need some guys at the offensive line. They're going to be a little uh, inexperienced next year, but that's huge to get get the Rouse kid. Very, very talented. As you mentioned, all sorts of experience, which this has kind of been the M.O. of one Bill Biedenboe and of Oklahoma of late. Get into the transfer portal. Find somebody that has a lot of experience that can come in and help you. Chris Murray, McCade Mattawyer. I'm trying to think. Wanye Morris, had he had he played much at Tennessee? 
Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. You can quote me if I'm wrong, but he had some trouble at Tennessee, which which led him to not getting as much playing time as he hoped at Tennessee. And as it pertains to Walter Rouse, upwards of 35 starts at Stanford, a four-year starter out there for the Cardinal. So for OU, that is navigating the departures of both Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris to the NFL. Gigantic. No, No pun intended that they bring in Rouse that rhymes with house as somebody that can step right in and compete right away. And honestly, Connor, you know, no uh, no disrespect out there or slight to either Parks or Guyton, but just based on the extended Power 5 starting experience alone, you know, you're filling out your depth chart right now. It's probably pretty easy yeah. to have Rouse at, uh, at one of those starting tackles for Oklahoma. You add in the injury to close this past year with Jacob Sexton and all of that, I think very, very important that they were able to to win this flip over Nebraska. Well, and that's a that's a crucial position in the transfer portal as well. The offensive linemen, the guys in the trenches that have some playing time at the power five level to bring them in and they can contribute right away. I mean, yes, it doesn't hurt to have freshmen, sophomores and to get them better and to get them in the game with some experience, but it's nice to get a guy uh, like Rouse. And maybe I'm making a little too much of, hey, this has Vittable's fingerprints or his imprints all over it. It could just be, you know, listen, here's the, the quote from what Rouse put out there. Quote, I never knew how the power of one's faith and gut intuition could so forcefully persuade one's decision. That happened to me this week. And on Friday, January 13th, I informed the head coach of the University of Oklahoma that I would be decommitting from the University of Nebraska and play my last year of eligibility as part of the 129th football team for the University of Oklahoma, end quote. How, how long was he committed to Nebraska? That's what I want to know because I, I don't know if I ever saw that. He committed last week Okay, so it wasn't Nebraska. very long. No, no. Uh, Oklahoma... Iowa and Nebraska were the three finalists, and I want to say maybe Thursday, Wednesday of last week, he committed to Nebraska. At any rate, it was last week, and uh, all of this, all of this changes, all of this changes very, very quickly for Oklahoma. A little what Saturday shocker, yeah, if you will, a little Saturday shocker to make uh, Oklahoma fans pretty, pretty happy at a position again that there was legitimate need for Oklahoma this uh, if nothing else it, it gives you someone that started a lot of football games Connor at a power five level gets you that depth piece I think there's a great chance I mean it seems pretty easy to make that leap that he's going to wind up being one of Oklahoma's starting tackles next season and, I mean and you're losing some guys obviously Murray and Morris in the draft that played a lot for Oklahoma so it, it makes sense to Go after a guy like Rouse and to, to bring him in. Again, that uh, quote that Rouse put out there, because of Venables maybe reading a little bit too much into it, it, it could just be as simple as Rouse's faith, as he's saying here, and his intuition, he just felt ultimately like Oklahoma was the right decision for him. Again, I'll give a lot of credit to both Venables and Coach Beatenbow for 
pulling this thing off. And when I read 129th football team for the University of Oklahoma, again, that sounds like a Brent Venables-ism. Heard a lot about Team 128. Yeah, it sounds like a kid that's bought in to that too. You like to see him talking about one or Team 120, uh, 129 uh, already. So what say you, Oklahoma fans out there? Good morning, by the way. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. It is MLK Day. We uh, celebrate the legacy, the life of Martin Luther King Jr., one of the uh, great men, one of the the great men. Period but uh, certainly one of the, the great men in the history of the United States today. Uh, what, what say all of you on this MLK Day about this addition for Oklahoma? What, what does Walter Rouse mean for the Sooners? How important is it? We can bat that around today. We've got Oklahoma men's basketball. Big dub. Had to get it. Found a way to work their way into the winner's circle. A little dicey. A little dicey. It seems like... Uh, Every game in the Big 12 right now, it's it's going to be final couple of possessions, final couple of minutes, and uh, Oklahoma, though, able to get on the right side of that, 77-76. The uh, women as well, victorious, 80-74 to in the LNC Sooner double dip from this past weekend. Opening T.O., I'm Josh Elmer. He is Connor Pasby. So happy to have you alongside on the home of Sooner fans. We're taking a timeout. Back with you right here on The Ref after this. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome back in. It's the Plank Show right here, the home of Sooner fans. Here with you on a Monday. Look at you wearing the new ref pullover this morning. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, very yeah, very cozy, too. Again, a uh, thank you to our fearless leaders, the uh, Vineyard family. Coming through with the uh, KR, KREF uh, pullovers here. Very... Very, very neat. Hour number one of the Plank Show, brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. couple of early text line submissions. That is the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Or maybe this is from Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Or maybe the staff is so bought in in their pitches and verbiage that they sound more like Coach Venables now. Basically saying that, hey, maybe it wasn't even the the Rouse comments as he commits, maybe is not even just directly from Coach Venables that maybe there's a little Bill Bedenbow sprinkling sprinkling in there. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think the staff is excellent. So you got to give credit to the whole staff. Yeah, he's getting he's getting Venables getting the whole staff really bought in for especially in uh, recruiting. What about signing some more whiteouts from the nine one eight? You had the uh, the Bowling Green kid committed to Arkansas. Yeah, Broden. Which uh, I mean, I personally thought he was going to come to Oklahoma. The way it was looking, he was kind of exchanging some things with Dylan Gabriel. But OU gets on the wrong end of that. But, I mean, it's not not a huge loss. I mean, yeah, he's a big target at 6'7", played at Bowling Green. But I think, you're still, I think you're still fine at the wide receiver spot. Arkansas has done a nice little job out of the transfer portal with wide receivers. This wouldn't be on Oklahoma fans' radar. But uh, Isaac Tesla is a kid out of Hillsdale College that uh, Iowa, Arkansas – 
couple of others, Nebraska, I think, uh, they, they all wanted. And anyways, Arkansas went and got him. Combined the uh, Broden commitment with that. So nice job uh, for the Hogs. Where is Oklahoma's wide receiver group at? You said you feel good about it. So yeah, I mean, the what way, do you feel good about? The, I mean, the way it's looking, you would think for if you don't get another transfer portal receiver, would you say Farouk's probably the number one guy? Oh, absolutely. Which I know, I, pe- I know, yeah, I know, pe- I know. People have mixed feelings about if he can be that number one target. I mean, I thought I saw good play out of him this year in some good games against Nebraska. We saw him against Florida State come up with some big plays. You're bringing back your receiving blanket with Drake Stoops in the slot position, and we'll see if Jaden Gibson can finally get in or get on the field. That's a big target as well, man. Six six, a guy that can go up and get the ball. Yeah, it really boils back down to a conversation that for the next eight months and change, we'll spend a lot of time having said conversation. Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, those two guys, how much can they emerge in one offseason? And Stogner, I mean, we've seen the play that Stogner can have when he's been at Oklahoma, but it did not work out with him with South Carolina last year, did not get as many targets as he wanted uh, with Spencer Rattler at quarterback. But, man, it would be something if we can get Stogner back to being him. For Walter Rouse, this is on uh, – excuse me, this is out of the 580. Oklahoma can just send him a list of linemen in the league, where they're drafted and how they rank. That's enough reason to choose Oklahoma. Indeed? Indeed. That's why, to me, you get the – with all due respect to – both Nebraska and, honestly, Iowa's probably had a a better offensive line tradition of late than Nebraska. But with all due respect to those two, boy, it's going to be hard if I'm in the decision-making process to choose either of those two programs over Oklahoma. Trent Williams, Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey, Lane Johnson with a good season at the Eagles. Yeah, you got a bunch of guys from Oklahoma going to the league which it makes sense for guys wanting to play the offensive line position at Oklahoma. Well, and just the success of the program, what what Oklahoma offensively has been able to do the last quarter century or so. The, the offensive tackle lineage, of course, yeah, you, you look at that, uh, you know, recently Orlando Brown. Uh, the, these two, right, you've got two more that – are going to the league right now in Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris. So the the track record's there from the develop, get me to the league standpoint, and then just, you know, the wins that Oklahoma has been a part of the Big 12 championships. I know sometimes we turn our nose up at it and, and scoff a little bit at a, a Big 12 championship, though I'm guessing the 2022 season maybe uh, has reminded all of us to some degree that, uh, man, it's it's not worth just totally turning our nose up at winning Big 12 championships. Yes, you, I, everybody wants Oklahoma to, to get that big championship, but uh, there's something to be said for all the winning over the last quarter century that Oklahoma has been a part of in the offenses that Oklahoma has historically turned out. We got a text from the 580 list, or just listing some receivers that we didn't name, Foreman, Hester, 
LV Buckley, DJ Graham making Hadaway, that, making Brown. That, yep, DJ Graham making that switch to receiver. See how he can do there. Seen a lot of players talk good about the hands that he has. That incredible interception that he had against Nebraska. One hander. Yep. It, it will be a very, very important spring for DJ Graham. And the Petaway kid, a freshman, very talented. We've seen some freshman receivers at Oklahoma make an impact right away. He's arguably he arguably could do that. Similar discussion to what we were saying about both Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson this past offseason for both Petaway and Keon Brown. If you can just, Connor, get one of those two guys, and it looked early, you know, just based on snap counts, it looked early like maybe Jaden Gibson was going to be that guy this season that as a true freshman could step in and make some plays, and ultimately it just – it didn't totally materialize. Well, it, it felt like ever since that one drop that he had, like I mean, it, I thought, I mean, it was a tough catch, but you like him to see or see him come down with it. But ever since that play, he never really got on the field. This is pretty good from Shane in Newcastle. Rouse was six five two seventy his freshman year at Stanford. He is coming in at six six three twenty. I saw that, yeah, I saw that on the 247 when they had Rouse coming out of, oh, this was before his freshman year at Stanford when he was a senior in high school. They had him at 260, <laughs> the, uh, how much weight he's put on uh, since. Big dude, excellent football name, uh, Rouse, yeah, six six three twenty. This will probably fly under the radar for some, and ultimately it's it's going to be, how much can he improve in terms of his pass blocking? If you buy into the pro football focus grades, that that would be the one area that pass blocking was was kind of just okay for Rouse. And dating back to Oklahoma's bowl game versus Florida State, though, you had four new starters in there. The the pass blocking element you didn't you didn't drop back and have to throw it a ton, Connor, in that game. What did Oklahoma have? Thirty dropbacks I think in the game or somewhere around that neighborhood you ran it right yeah because you had both Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk doing some special things and you sort of came into the game with the the MO of hey if we can rely on the ground game let's rely on the ground game and that was that was positive and a great sign for OU but if you wanted to be glass half empty or hey where does this need to improve end of this year four new starters going into 2023 it would be the pass blocking department that's just looking at the PFF grade for, for Rouse, that's kind of the case with him there too. But, uh, again, one thing that maybe would fly under the radar a little bit, I thought this was a uh, an interesting note and a substantial note about Rouse. He was a finalist for the William V. Campbell Trophy, which, again, that's uh, a little bit on-field performance-based, but also a lot of bit combination of academics, community service, just the type of person that Walter Rouse is based so th- that's something that I would imagine Coach Biedenboe in Oklahoma, they're going to be very, very thankful to have that type of personality in that room. Again, ton of football that he's played, 2,552 snaps throughout his college career dating back to 2019, 67.3 the PFF grade this past season. Great, great dude, great leadership. He's seen that all the games he's played at Stanford. Yeah, he does need to work on his pass blocking a little bit, like you said, 
uh, from just scouting him with the pro-focus uh, football. But, I mean, so do, so do some other guys on the offensive line. The pass block, he was not great in that bowl game. Luckily, OU was able to run the football. So that's something they got to get better at in the offseason. You know, the, the other angle to this is how involved has – the Crimson and Cream Collective been in some of this. And not even just the Crimson and Cream Collective, the collectives at Oklahoma. Not for Oklahoma because, again, the university is not directly involved in any of the collectives. But there was the the big sort of marketing push from Belzer over there with the Crimson and Cream Collective. You had the uh, the merging of strengthening Oklahoma with the Crimson and Cream Collective. And look, you had somebody that was committed to Nebraska that in this uh, transfer portal process in Rouse flips to Oklahoma. So something tells me whether, again, it's just the – and there's a lot of things. We've, we've touched on them. To be attracted to about Oklahoma as an offensive tackle, Connor, the, the tackles that have gone to the league, the, the offenses that Oklahoma's been putting out, Dylan Gabriel at the quarterback position, I think that's somebody that's exciting to come block for, right? These two running backs, Barnes, Sachuk, the running backs you're bringing in. There's a lot of talented skill pieces at Oklahoma, a lot of reasons that you would pick OU. I'm, I'm not saying there's, there's not. But the, uh, the other kind of just snuck in at the waiver wire – if you will, at the end of last week was the, the little report that was out there on the Crimson and Cream Collective from On3. So let's take a timeout. Let's share some of that with you if you missed it to end last week. I'm, you know, Friday, maybe. I would, greatly, I would say, never dial out of the Ref Radio Network, the home of Suda fans. But, hey, I get it. Sometimes on a Friday, kick the feet up, go do something else, well, grab they, a they drink, put, they, put, they put it on a few social media accounts. I mean, I get it if you missed it. But there was uh, some some news, if you will, from the Crimson and Cream Collective that made the rounds on Friday, and we'll share it with you next. It's the Plank Show just underway on a Monday morning. Would love to hear from all of you. You can chime in old-fashioned way, Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line, all yours, 405-329-9000. Air Comfort Solutions text line is already a booming, a buzzing on this Monday, 405-651-3439. Still haven't even really touched on the NFL playoffs, which uh, we got to do that. Some some big-time scares for two of the big dogs in the AFC. Maybe I'm naive, but uh, I'm sort of just like survive in advance. No big deal for either Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. I you know To me, whatever. You, you went and you won, and uh, just doesn't even matter this time of year. Just win and get to the next round. But some people are kind of hitting the panic button on those two a little bit. Uh, we can play the factor fiction. Which of the two are you panicky about? What do you make of the NFC playoffs? Obviously, uh, play with fire one too many times. You get burnt. That seemed to be the case for the Minnesota Vikings with the New York Giants. But let's take a timeout. The Crimson and Cream Collective, what is the news that perhaps you have missed from Friday? Back with you in just a moment. It's the Plank Show right here, the home of Sooner fans. Welcome back, everyone. Van Hoos Fence presents our number one of the Plank Show. That is vhfence.com, Connor. vhfence.com, where you can check out Van Hoos Fence, and uh, it, it is that time. I mean, look, if uh, you got, you know, dogs in the family, you can't afford to have 
cracks in the fence. You can't afford to have an old fence, but for a number of different reasons, you want your your fence in shape. And the the spring season, believe it or not, is uh, it's right around the corner. It'll be here in just a couple of months. So uh, it's uh, about that time where we'll be back outside quite a bit in the spring and in the summer. And you want that fence in tip top shape. Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. Somebody texted in, thanks, idiot referee and Bosa. Ruined the freaking game. He literally did. That was good grief. That was just bad on Bosa's part. Can't can't get totally sidetracked on the National Football League right here, but, uh, yeah, that was – that was wild. Do you – was the right call made? And and I don't know what was being said between Bosa and the official, but did you see the the video? Was it from the broadcast where the official followed Bosa to the sideline? Yes. Did I you see yes. that video? I don't – yes. I do not agree why, with that call whatsoever. Why is the official following him? Yeah, I mean – I don't know what was said, and Bosa might have been cussing him left and right, and who knows what words he said. But if if the ref doesn't follow him, then it's not a flag. I mean, he's just the ref is just asking for attention right there to walk over to Bosa, and I don't think it matters what Bosa said. You don't you don't throw a flag on that. And look, full transparency, Kansas City Chiefs fan right here with the radio uh, on the radio with you, so you probably can deduce sort of my general feelings toward the Chargers. I don't like games being decided by those types of calls. Again, I would say keep your composure. Bosa, I mean, can't in that moment make that mistake. We heard as much from Bosa afterwards, but obviously much, much larger than that for the Chargers, how they ended up blowing that game. Go from being what would have been a tied game to losing by one, just like that. Well, lead a game by 27 points yeah you shouldn't yeah that should, shouldn't be in that situation <laughs> can't Anyways. lose it can't lose it they, they came oh so close they needed a they needed one more field goal to get up by 30 and they would have surpassed kansas city's 28 point <laughs> yeah. uh coughing up of the lead versus uh drake dykins indianapolis colts in 2013 but it was a historically bad playoff loss for the chargers just pathetic to blow that 27 point lead unbelievable there, there was a few games which looked like we're going to be blowouts. The Chargers game and the Bills-Dolphins, the way the Bills came out to or to start that game. And then the Dolphins just kept sneaking back into the ball game. But it was it was just an excellent weekend uh, for football. So let's, let's table that. Let's uh, deep dive into the NFL here in just a second. The Crimson and Cream Collective teased this. Massive news on Friday that came down the, uh, the pipe if you missed it. According to a report by On3Sports' Jeremy Crabtree, the Crimson and Cream Collective, one of the major NIL collectives for the University of Oklahoma. Again, not affiliated with the University of Oklahoma. None of these collectives can be officially, officially affiliated with the university. But in a lot of, in a lot of ways, right, kind of the official NIL collective of the University of Oklahoma. Maybe maybe the closest of the collectives, I think it's fair to say. At any rate, they announced they've signed or have offered a deal to the, Connor, entire, entire 115-man Oklahoma football roster. That deal includes 
every player on scholarship. It includes walk-ons. It includes transfers. It includes mid-year enrollees. Here's what the uh, Crimson Cream CEO, Jason Belzer, told on three. Quote, a, a lot of what that just said right there, but here's just the quote. Quote, every single student athlete, scholarship or non-scholarship, walk-on, are getting this opportunity. Everybody. All the portal kids, all the mid-year freshmen that are enrolling early. I don't know what other schools have done, but I think we're the first, if not one of the first, schools to have everybody on an FBS roster fully signed to what is a multi-multi-million dollar payroll. End quote. Pretty cool. I mean, you had half the team that already had NIL deals, but now every single person on that team gets one, even if you don't get much playing time, see some time on the sidelines, you still get some money. So that's cool. I mean, I know the feeling a little bit, but at the Division One level, I mean, you're constantly busy, practices, workouts, games. Now you get some extra money in your pocket. So I love that. And every single situation is not boiling down, I would hope or think, to name, image, and likeness, right? And I do – let's just – Go with the most recent case and example. Walter Rouse, for instance. There should be a strong argument, I would hope, for Walter Rouse when you get on campus in Norman, Oklahoma. You know, he he commented again about how the highlight reel tape that he was shown was a big selling point in Nebraska. The pros and cons video, basically, right? Well... I would imagine Oklahoma, as good as anybody, could sit you down and show you a pros and cons video and, hey, uh, here's what Oklahoma has to offer you video. And ultimately, ultimately, the National Football League contracts, that should be, would be, hopefully will be, greater than any immediate name, image, likeness package, for the most part, you're going to get. That has a yes. That has a big say. I mean, all the offensive linemen they get to the NFL from Oklahoma. I mean, I think this NIL deal maybe plays a little bit to Rouse's decision, but just the tradition at Oklahoma and the coaching staff that they have, Bedenbo always produces these type of kids. So that's what makes Rouse want to uh, go to Oklahoma. Agreed. And so Oklahoma's got that right. That's that's always going to be part of the pitch. But you add to it that all 115 guys in some way, shape, or form, regardless of how much name, image, and likeness was involved, the Crimson and Cream Collective, the, uh, the incentivizing that they could incentivize Walter Rouse with, everybody, to some degree – on this Oklahoma football roster, Connor, is getting something. And the other thing that does for OU, why this is gigantic news, I, I again, look no further than Walter Rouse. We could sit there and talk about all the different reasons that it makes sense for Walter Rouse, for a bunch of guys, to choose Oklahoma over another, a couple other programs, Iowa, Nebraska in this instance. Football-related, non-NIL-related, there's a bunch of them, right? Tons of reasons you would pick OU. There has to, you would think, be something that Oklahoma's doing here in the Crimson and Cream sphere, in the NIL sphere, in that arena that is obviously competitive when I look up and I see 
Walter Rouse, Andrew Anthony Jr., Devon Sears, Rondell Bothroyd, Caleb Schaefer, uh, Elzinga, Ford, Pearson, McCullough, Stogner, Lacey. I mean, would you have that pronounced of a haul? And a couple of, a couple of these, Connor, were not just slam dunk going to Oklahoma, right? I mean, it's, it's, some of these were, we think, pretty – Pretty difficult recruiting battles that Oklahoma yeah, went, some, waged yeah. and won. You had some battles with, yeah, with other teams, and Rouse being a flip. So when that's the case, I look at that Crimson and Cream Collective news, and I just two and two combine some tea leaves here. Well, with, and then and then committing to Nebraska, and then a week later going to Oklahoma. So I get, I get your point. Clearly, if we're connecting the dots here. The collective game for OU, I'm not saying that uh, it's, you know, Texas or Miami or AM or whatever, but it was it was painfully obvious that if OU was going to remain a national player in college football, Connor, they, they were going to have to be involved in some way, shape, or form in the NIL capacity. And even, it looks like OU's done. Yeah, even the mid-year recruits. I mean, the mid-year gets involved with this NIL deal as well. I mean, that can attract some recruits out of high school when they're when they're uh, early enrollees. Hey, and you know what? OU fans deserve a round of applause too, right? Because guess who's footing the bill? They for, worked too. Yes, guess they who's did their the part. For a lot of the Christian yeah, the Green fans. Collective. They've done their they've done their part and made the pitch. And. I just am not going to be the person. I will sit here and discuss the importance of the Crimson and Cream Collective and likewise entities for the University of Oklahoma and remaining competitive in football, men's basketball, women's basketball, softball, every sport at OU. But I'm not going to be the person to sit here and get on the airwaves and say, give, 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 give. Because you already give a lot, and you already buy a lot of tickets. So I don't think it's fair for me to sit here and, as a media member, tell you, buy, 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 give, give, give. But I will at the same time just politely inform everybody that, hey, connecting the dots, clearly something is going well for OU in that regard. And good number of OU fans deserve their uh, kudos for being a part of that. Final timeout, hour number one. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby with you right here. Homosuda fans on the ref. Right here before the top of the hour, Plank Show. Hour number one brought to us by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. To the phone lines before we exit stage left for hour one. We got Benny on the line. Josh, Benny. My brother, good morning. Three quick uh, football questions, one softball. Gotcha. My friend out at West was reading on Sooner Scoop. He gets a little that there might be a possible OU coaching staff in football. Have you heard any rumors or scuttlebutt? Uh, a coaching staff change for Oklahoma? Uh-huh. On the football team. That's what the Sooner Scoop had, what he told me yesterday. Might be possible. What are you, what are you thinking, like Ted Roof or something? I, I, mean, I don't know. He, did, did the article, he, he can't get the whole thing. It just said possible OU coaching staff football. Beyond bringing Emmett Jones on, I'll be honest, haven't, haven't, haven't heard, heard a time. Okay, my second one is uh, who coaches the linebackers? It's roof and venables. That's what I was telling my, my friend out with. The third one, and then I got one softball. I'm just so surprised that we just got one wide receiver, you know, out in the portal from Michigan. 
I mean, how many wide receivers were out there, and you think with Gabriel and heir apparent Jackson Arnold, man, if I'm a good wide receiver, I'm coming to OU. I'm with you. Yeah, that that part's a little surprising. Part's a little surprising for sure, but I think they got a good one in Andrew Anthony Jr. Okay, softball, we're right up against it. Okay, Uh, who's going to play third base, left field, and the DH? Okay, let's let's hit it when we come back. We got to run, Benny. I appreciate the call. Hey, I appreciate. I'll hang. I'll listen uh, to you on after you come back. Uh, Maybe that was a question for Plank. There you go. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Benny. That's it for our number one. You can chime in too. Riverwind Casino calling line is yours, 405-329-9000. He, ladies and gents, is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Elmer. Hour number one in the books. T.O. and we're back.